Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Monday, June the 26th, 2023. Um, four months is a long time in tech. It's almost a century, a lifetime. Four months ago, back in February, February the 13th, I had my friend Matt Higgins on the show. Uh, he has a Wall Street Journal best-selling new book, Burn the Boats, Toss Plan B Overboard and Unleash Your Full Potential. No plan B with... Uh, with Matt, and we had a, an engaging, entertaining conversation. But oddly enough, Matt is back, perhaps, with Plan B, Triton. Uh, it's not a book. It's an AI strategy for making uh, the book last forever. And uh, my old friend, Matt uh, Higgins, who lasts forever, is joining us. Matt, tell us about Triton. Is it Plan B? Am I going to last forever? No, it's, it's not Plan B. It's probably... A A two, you know, uh, the 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 thinking behind it, and I think this is something that a lot of authors are going to do. Was you read a great book, and you have this this catalyst, you know, you're inspired, particularly in this genre, right, of, of business slash self help. And then as few weeks go by, months go by, you kind of forget why you were so inspired in the first place. And my thought was, well, what if you could extend that emotion and create a community around it by uploading and creating an AI trained model with everything around the topic so that somebody could interact with you, your book, 24 hours a day. So, you know, this is novel, like today, this will be quaint in a year from now. If we were to do this interview, people would say, of course. I like to do things first, like to experiment. So that's what I did. I took everything about the book, everything about Burn the Boat's philosophy, all the historical sources, all the studies that I talk about in the book, and I uploaded, I called it Triton, uh, maybe it's trite, but I want to extend the metaphor. Triton is the son of Poseidon, whose job it is to calm the waves. Yeah, I was intrigued. Triton is also um, uh, the largest of Neptune's 13 moons. So it has a, a resonant name. I, I went on it, Matt, and asked it um, uh, about you. Um, I said, uh, hi, Matt, is this your plan B? And, and it responded, I am not Matt, I am Triton, an AI knowledge base. The concept of plan B discussed in the knowledge base refers to having a fallback plan or a safety net, which can reduce the likelihood of success in pursuing one's primary goals or plan A. Matt, how surprised have you been over the last four months with the hysteria over AI, with generative AI, open AI, chat GPT? Uh, not, not surprised. I mean, I, I didn't see it coming in that way. I'm a little surprised by the fear mongering. I actually don't get it at all. I don't get why people who are supposedly experts or smart are perpetuating this idea that, you know, AI is going to kill us. It reminds me of that movie War Games, you know, from the 80s. But uh, I don't know why there's not more excitement among those in power about how to deploy it. But I've been blocking it out and I've just gone down the rabbit hole during my free time, figuring out what are practical ways that I could use it and getting my hands dirty. The Triton came from that obsession of thinking like, hey, why can't I train a model around everything to do with this book? Because, you know, here's one of the reasons why there's a lot of um, there's a lot of folklore around burn the boats. Did anybody really burn the boats? Maybe they scuttled the boats. Maybe it didn't happen at all. And there were some things that I missed in the book that kind of irritated me. 
there was a, a, a military leader from 711 AD, uh, Tariq, Muslim, uh, Muslim uh, general, and he burned the boats before Cortez ever did. I didn't have it in my book. So it's been gnawing at me that a book is final. And I thought, well, if I keep updating the, um, the model, Triton will always have the latest answers. So Matt, how, how does this work? We're going to have authors watching this, listening to this and thinking, wow, I can do that. What, what do you have to do? I mean, we can all, of course, get open AI or chat GPT. We can pay for it. But how hard was it to incorporate the wisdom, the message in Burn the Boats and create an AI around it, which you've called Triton? Yeah, it's not really hard at all, to be honest. A, a few simple steps. The service I used, and by the time this you know airs, there'll be another one, right, is uh, called Dante, which I found to be pretty effective. You do not want to be uploading your IP into chat GPT because then all of a sudden your book is available to everybody. That doesn't make sense. So you want to train a model, but at the same time, not uh, you know not lose grip on the on the uh, the text itself. So for pretty simple, Dante is good because it allows you to do unlimited uh, amounts. You know you could pay for more capacity. And my philosophy was um, enough about the the book and text of the book so that uh, Triton can understand what I'm trying to convey the main points. And then the uh, the academic material that I couldn't fit into the book. Obviously, it's one footnote, but wouldn't it be great to have the actual studies, which this does? They're all publicly available. And then every major interview, uh, or at least that, that I could you know upload so far, so that when I build upon the topics of the book, Triton ideally would have more elaborate answers. So, for example, somebody who read the book and something resonated, but I didn't cover it in full detail, could now go there and ask a more involved question and. I've been testing it out. It's actually pretty good. You could also ridicule me. I mean, if you want to have a little fun saying, you know, would I ever ridicule you, man? No, no, I would actually be honored if you go ask right. What does this uh, random middle-aged rich white guy know about? Right. You know, well, risk, I, I did do. I, 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 so I asked it all sorts of questions. What exactly is Triton? Um, and then I oh, come asked. Come on, you have it, to have more uh, fun than that. You know, like, isn't yeah, this? Like, well, I also it, asked it. Um, is plan? Is AI plan? Is AI plan B for humanity? So I, I did ask it some questions. But coming back, maybe we can talk about those broader issues later. I'm interested in Dante. You said you use that. That's a custom GPT chatbot trained on your data. What, what does it mean? You have to feed the book into to Dante. What, what do you actually have to do? Yeah, so, so it's pretty straightforward. If you think about it, it's a closed data set. So nothing that you're putting into Dante is available to the broader universe. That's number one. You're figuring out what do you want to feed into that around your topic. I think it works well for nonfiction topics because every nonfiction writer would have liked to include way more than they were able to. So that's number two, figuring out what you want to upload. In my case, a lot of the interviews I've done, I've gone much deeper than I did in the book. So I want to share that. You decide what you want to upload and that's an iterative process and you release it. I think some will probably try to monetize this as an upsell, you know, join my, my email list and get access to my trained, you know, bot around my philosophy. Um, think about like, start with why I'm thinking about that very popular book. And it could go all into the psychology of why we need purpose and everything that's peripheral to that topic. So, but it is so straightforward. It's a monthly fee. I'm forgetting what it is, but let's say it's, you know, it's 50 bucks a month or something. Uh, but it really does. I think with the utility of it, Every author tries to create a community around themselves to make it easier to sell books, but also be, if they're passionate about the topic, how do you create a community? This is a great way to create a community. I only launched it, soft launched, a couple of weeks ago. This is the first interview I've ever done on it. I haven't figured out how I'm going to promote it, 
and I've already had 6,000 people ask questions of it. I don't know who they are. Some mornings I wake up and somebody's like, I asked Triton how I should deal with, you know, anxiety because I have a job interview today. And then they'll post an, a response. And I'm like, I didn't say that specifically, but I guess collectively Triton deduce that that's what I would say. You could ask Triton to talk to you in my voice. It's pretty remarkable. So again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm some genius. Anybody listening to this can do this within the next like three hours if they care to. Are you cannibalizing though the book? I mean, you're giving this out for free. I don't think so at all. I mean, if you were to add one, it won't, it won't give you the book. If you ask it to give you the book, it'll give you broad principles. My belief at the end of the day is that a book is a book and the facts and information around it are very different. The, the, the one, either it's going to appeal to somebody who read it and wants to maintain the conversation or somebody's going to try it out, like what they see, and they're going to buy the book. So I don't think cannibalize the book at all. I think some segments of the very stodgy industry, uh, the book industry will probably be reluctant or throw up concerns about IP did issues. Publisher, did they question what you were doing? Did you ask them permission? I didn't ask permission. Nobody's said anything or complained about it. Um, I don't see why they would. I think it's, you know, intelligent and doesn't cannibalize anything and doesn't have, you can't get the book text from Triton. Uh, but I do think the publishing industry will probably be late to embrace this than, than early. I mean, you tell me. Yeah, well, I, you and I probably share a lot of stuff on and rather negative stuff in some ways on the publishing industry. You're a frequent guest on Shark Tank. Could you do this with Shark Tank? Funny, I was just having this conversation. It's amazing that you asked this because what, if we let's glimpse the future, there's going to be a lot of plugins that um, plug into Chat GPT that cover a specific topic or a specific area of commerce of society that are going to have these closed data sets. Right? I want to, you know, it's a freelance plugin that draws, scrapes the internet for freelancers of the particular genre, whatever. There's going to be a new app store equivalent to the like the Apple store, which is a plug in store where these all these people are going to be attempting to monetize whatever it is they're they're experts in. So we can then have a plug in sitting on top of your chat GPT. One of them I was thinking about was Shark Tank. Could you have a Shark Tank plug in where you could actually road test your idea and get feedback? So could very easily be done. Again, institutions that control IP are so precious about IP that they're usually late rather than early. And so I'm not hopeful. I don't think the experimentation is going to happen with IP owners. I think I might be a little bit of an outlier, to be honest, for exactly what you said, it's going to cannibalize. But I think eventually every show, every IP owner is going to try to extend it by creating these chat chat bots or uh, plugins. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting issue. Are you impressed with the amount of creativity you're an investor as well you get i'm sure you get pitched a lot of startups are people trying new stuff i mean you're obviously working with uh dante i don't know much about them i assume it's a relatively new startup i i've been unimpressed by the uh, the folks who control capital run companies i think that there is still it's all um, confusing. The word AI is useless, right? What is AI? I mean, when you go into Google search and it knows to complete your sentences for you, or you go into ways like that's AI. So the word AI is like useless, but I look at AI, honestly, is to be able to synthesize information and make it useful in a way that operates much faster than your brain than you ever could. So we've been drowning in information for so long, but we haven't been able to synthesize it. AI enables you to synthesize it and then deploy it so fast. What I've been impressed by is the, 
the hustle culture layer of society that is maybe a little bit invisible that spends their day on Twitter or wherever. I've been impressed by how people are using AI to make money quickly. Like when I, I sold flowers when I was 13 years old, that was my hustle. Now I'm seeing people stand up businesses like overnight using AI. I think that when we look back, this will have been the greatest wealth creator of our lifetime. Whereas now the, the focus on folks is, you know, concern about job disruption. So again, I'm impressed by how people are using it, are hustling their way out of poverty or to level up their life by uh, using AI. As I told you, uh, Matt, before we went live, I just came back from the Baltics. I did some speeches in Vilnius and uh, Riga with Kevin Kelly. Kevin is quite optimistic about AI, seeing it as an opportunity to acquire um, smart helpers. Uh, I, I wonder how this fits in with your ideal of curation. You had an interesting tweet recently about the importance of curation. Do you think that AI will empower individual creators like you or I? Oh, I think it does. I actually think anyone out there who once had a grandiose idea that they knew would work, but felt like they self-selected out of ambition because they didn't have the hard skills, didn't have the money, didn't have the pedigree, maybe didn't have the gender, wherever society you're in, that all those excuses, I think AI is the greatest excuse killer. They're gone now. I think AI will be the great equalizer because it enables a coder to be a creator, a creator to be a coder. Anybody on earth can now play up and down the value chain. So the person who used to be hired to create the Shopify website could be like, well, why am I, why are you paying me 60 bucks an hour when I could do the business myself? Because I could use AI to create the marketing plan, create the website, create the marketing videos. Every single aspect of launching a business, except for capital, uh, can now be done with AI. That statement that I just said, the vast majority of CEOs and leaders in America don't know that that statement's true. Like they, they just don't. And when I, I had a great, I gave a talk the other day and I was talking to a university president and he represents uh, a more marginalized or, you know, community. And we were talking about AI and had some predisposition to be afraid of it. And I said, I actually think it's so important for people who are representing different communities uh, that may have been on the margins to embrace AI because it is a bit of a race and it is possible to use it to go ahead and do anything. But then the question I got is, well, where do you get educated on it? Should college, you know, could universities have courses? Uh, no, it's called Twitter. There are the, the, everything you ever need to learn about AI you can find in a Twitter thread, which is amazing. And I hate, and I hate Twitter. And yet I'm, I'm not convinced uh, you talked about Dante. Um, a lot of people have compared this AI moment to the invention of the internet and what was known back then as the Netscape moment. Do we have a product like Netscape that allows people to easily browse the web? It does. I, I mean, I take what you're saying about using these AIs to help develop and distribute our messages. There are products like Dante, but I'm not sure they're soup to nut products. Don't we, are we still waiting for a Netscape moment in in the AI economy, Matt, or has it arrived? Is there? I think, a Netscape? I think it's arrived. I don't think it has a like a definitive name. I think it's more the capacity to attack data sets. And well, I think version 1.0 is ChatGPT. That was information extraction, but it really wasn't go do this for me. Now we're in the phase so rapidly, a few months later, go do this for me. Go create this website, speak into you know a, uh, a microphone and now create a website based upon my words. 
You know, we're now at that place. We went from information extracting extraction to doing on my behalf very quickly. Agent GPT is a perfect example of the ability to sort of deploy, but that's more generically. I think what's quickly emerging is vertical by vertical by vertical, website creation, video creation, legal. Now there are tools that are emerging and already within each of those verticals, there are like five different competitors to do each one. It's amazingly fast. So I think the Netscape moment is already passed. It's just hard to point to like one thing. I mentioned uh, your book is on the Wall Street Journal bestselling list. You're new to publishing and I know you've um, you've been influenced and affected by your experience. It, 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 what advice would you give to somebody who runs a big publishing company or for that matter, a small publishing company in terms of this AI moment? What should they be doing with their businesses? I, I think that, well, you, you know this, right? I'm sympathetic to publishers who probably determined a long time ago that you can only put in so much effort. It's probably not going to make that much of a difference. In some respects, they're like a bank, right? They're putting out money out the door and then they're getting a return based upon whichever one hits. So it's sort of a wait and see approach. Whereas the author is, you know, put their whole life into this and they want the marketing support. Some go into it, I think, assuming they're going to get the marketing support from the publisher. I fortunately have the means and the wherewithal and the desire to do it myself. But if you don't, I think your book just gets lost. So I would say to a publisher, there's an opportunity now to actually embrace that you can make a difference using AI tools. You can help your author go ahead and create great video content. You can help them have a TikTok strategy and an Amazon strategy. Whereas before it was probably too expensive, right? To do all those things. How are you going to create videos? How are you going to, right? Like there were all these barriers. Those barriers are gone now. So I would argue publishers have an opportunity to justify where they sit beyond just distribution, right? And loaning money in a form of an advance by actually taking on a much more active role with marketing curation so they could educate authors because now those barriers you know, are gone. Matt, some authors are going to be, or prospective authors are going to be listening to this and thinking to themselves, well, that's all very well, but why do we need publishers? Why should we go to a publisher to give us advice on AI marketing? We can go to uh, we can go to Matt Higgins, or we or we can go to uh, we can go to Dante. How dangerous is this moment? Do you think for for the publishing industry? We've we've had moments like this where people have promised the end of traditional publishing, the end of the book. None of them seem to have happened yet. I don't think it's the end of the book. I guess the danger to the publishing industry. Let's talk about why why does somebody get a publisher. One is probably out of the belief they can't get distribution without a publisher. I don't know if AI attacks that problem of distribution, but I think a lot of authors don't realize they could, they could procure that distribution themselves. And then it's an assumption that they need the firepower of a publishing house in order to market. And that's just not true. And so I do. here's where I think the danger, it's kind of nuanced. If you self-publish your own book, you have direct access to Amazon backend, right? Put, that, put a pin in that, but know that that's valuable. Now, if you're using AI, you have the ability to run your own marketing machine, including your own newsletter and like everything, promotional videos, very in a very inexpensive way. I think that is where the danger comes is that it probably makes a publisher, a uh, author much more self-sufficient, which is good. There needs to be, in my view, being a newcomer, way more competitive tension between on the one hand, I can go do it myself. And on the other hand, I can go do it through a publisher. And I think the main reason why a lot of people don't um, self-publish is presumably they, they won't make the list. I don't know if that's true anymore. Regardless, it won't be true for long. 
So I hope what happens is more authors are aware, like, hey, I, I now have the tools to run my own marketing effort. And that makes a publisher have to compete more. But I don't know. I'm probably not that hopeful. What about on the television industry? Uh, as I said, you, you've been on Shark Tank a lot. Uh, a lot of talk about how this is going to undermine the Hollywood model of tens of thousands of people being involved in the creation and distribution of movies. Which industries are going to be most radically affected up from which content industries do you think? I mean, I think, I think advertising, and you know, I own a very large, one of the largest advertising firms in the world. I think advertising will be effective, will be affected rather on the more commoditized services. So editing, stitching together video. I, my, somebody on my team sent me a video today of a podcast I did. And I was like, wow, I really love this. This is one of our best ones yet. And he goes, yeah, I did it for $5. I'm like, get out. He sent me this earlier today. I was like, get out of here. Which tool did I'm going to give a plug to this, uh, to this company. But um, it was, uh, it was called captions.ai. Anybody listen to this? If you think what I'm saying is, you know, full of shit, make sure to check out. Well, what? Um, so he made the interview or he just created. No, he, he, like, he sent me a cut up of inter a bunch of interviews I had done all thematically. And they were done well with interstitials and they were dramatic and they showed, you know, random clip art of people waving their hands in the air. You know what I'm saying? And I was, I said to him this morning, I said, wow, that was one of my favorite ones we've done so far. And he goes, you're not going to believe this. I made it with AI, nine bucks a month. I said, get out of here. And, and what's the said, company called? It was called captions.ai. And uh, he said, it needs some fine tuning and refining here, but this is the bulk and uh, the time-consuming work is eliminated. It was It's incredible. So I could put all my keen on interviews on Captions AI, but who and how does... does but let's, so let's play that out. So let's say you're an author and you've done a couple of podcasts. They've been great, but podcasts are long form and they're hard to turn into promotional videos, right? Now you go to Caption.ai, it's nine bucks a month. Feed it in saying, I want to extract these core messages. Let's say it's burn the boats about my four steps for failure. Pull that out of those interviews but also layer in beautiful interstitials so it's not just my face, right? And then you get back this. Now you've got a reel that you as an author that had no following before can actually go ahead and put on Instagram and spend a little money and start to get some traction. So the guys at Adobe are going to be looking at Captions AI and not being particularly thrilled. What's the future then of software platforms, software applications like Premiere, which historically it allowed you to do that? I think I think the Canvas and the Adobe's of the world. I think short term they're all going to position themselves as AI plays to try to go ahead and hold on to that you know recurring revenue. But I think that those are the ones that are most likely to be disruptive and commoditized because see I have a different view, right? I think when it comes to video creation and presentation, the world's expectations have gone dramatically lower with Instagram and TikTok. In fact, highly stylized content underperforms, right? We don't want highly stylized, right? We want compelling. And so those good enough will be good enough. And we're not going to be willing to pay the kinds of money you used to have to pay for those produced content. So there'll be a race to the bottom in terms of how much these services charge. I think writing is more immune than people think. If you look at ChatGPT, the vast majority of people will settle for what ChatGPT produces. And like, I find almost nothing is serviceable that I would ever put my name to. So Great writing will still stand out because even more people will settle for mediocrity. So, but I think anything visual will be highly disruptive. So advertising, in terms of most of the under, other industries like legal and whatnot, I think you said it earlier very well. 
like there's be a whole new class of global interns, digital AI interns that'll help gather information before they used to have somebody do that kind of grunt work for you. But you're still going to have to do the thinking of the deployment. So we're all going to level up from doers to deployers of the work that uh, AI is going to produce. So that's just some figure about in 2030, you know, AI is going to add 14% to G GDP. Whatever the number is, all nonsense. I think the overall point, though, is it's going to uh, free up more mental capacity to do higher level thinking and higher level tasks. It's funny how, in some ways, nothing really changes. I remember back in about 95 or 96, going to one of the early music uh, internet events in Los Angeles. Mark Cuban, who you know, of course, from Shark Tank, was on it, oh, was, gave an excellent speech in which he said his biggest challenge was convincing his team back then, he had a, an audio startup, that 80% was good enough. So really, in some ways, Matt, nothing much has changed. Nothing ever changes. I mean, I, I remember, you know, your people back in the day, the Luddites, right? They were, they were, they were smashing the equipment. <laughs> like, I'm sure the first person that stepped onto the elevator without the elevator operator was probably freaked out. Like, literally nothing changes. But that's why it's exciting. Nothing's changed now. People are rejecting this technology. The fear mongering is creating the clickbait headlines, right? Like ignore it all. The real breathtaking stuff is happening below. What it has done, ironically, is eclipsed like crypto and DeFi. You know, AI just like blew it out. Yeah, no, no one talks about, about Web3 anymore. Nobody talks about, which, you know, I, again, the stupid NFT nonsense, you know, that, 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 that's, that needed a reckoning. But the DeFi is still just as interesting. But, but uh, AI is way more seismic than DeFi. Some people are going to be encouraged with the fact that you don't think that the 80% rule works for um, writing. As you said, you're on Twitter a lot, which involves a lot of writing. Um, you're also on uh, Substack. You have an interesting Substack uh, 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 um, platform where you... Well, well, I love... I like to... There's a tool, if anybody wants to try automating um, your tweets and try to build up your audience. There's a tool called Tweet Hunter. And it'll scrape all tweets and find viral ones and basically suggest that you can change wording and copy it, or it'll do AI generated tweets for you. I enjoy A-B testing and sometimes just letting them, you know, post for me. And the engagement's always mediocre. It's not interesting. There's something about a person's ability, touch, sense to figure out what is going to generate a reaction. It's a very emotional experience. And that's at the center of writing, the connection. And I just... I mean, maybe it'll get there, but I think even when it gets there, the get there will become the norm. That'll be the thing everyone's used to seeing. And then pattern recognition will know it and we will be uninterested in it. And a writer will be able to turn a phrase and surpass it. That's, that's just my personal belief. So what I want, Matt, is, I mean, Triton's good in terms of burn the boats, but I want an AI with Matt. That's what I've been trying to do. Matt Higgins, I want one with Mark Cuban. I want one with Kevin Kelly. I want one with all these visionaries, is that available? Why don't you just feed yourself all this wisdom into an AI and build a, a, a virtual Matt Higgins that will educate the world about everything, not just burn the boats, which is your book version of, of your wisdom? Yeah, I mean, that could be done, you know, by the end of the day, if I set aside some time, maybe skip dinner. <laughs> like It's not, you could do it. It's everyone will do it. How do you, yeah. how would you do it? How would you feed all your collective wisdom about the world into a single AI? There would be two, two ways you would do it. One, you would, you would use a tool like um, Dante, but there are other ones. You would gather your data. First would be your publicly available interviews you've already done. 
And then you would, if you felt like it was missing information, you would put the camera on yourself. You would record yourself waxing philosophical. You would upload that video. Uh, the chatbot or Dante would synthesize it, transcribe it without you ever seeing the transcript and then learn from it. And that would be it. I mean, it's uh, the fun part. We could go, we'll, we'll, we'll rewind this in a, in a year. Everybody will do that. First, they'll try to monetize it as part of some package, right? Nine ninety nine. Kevin O'Leary will tell you, you know, whatever how to how to uh, you know how to get royalty deals, uh, and then and then it'll become very commoditized. I think the more interesting use. I've been obsessed about this. I'm a father. I think you know desperately all the time about you know how to extend my life so I could be there for these moments for my kids, and I thought I should train a bot on everything I believe in uh, and everything I want to share them. So throughout the rest of their lives, when I'm gone, they can have conversations with me and my voice about different life moments. Dad, I'm getting, I have to get a down payment. I'm not sure if I could, if I should do an interest only <laughs> down to the dad, I'm depressed. And, you know, I went through divorce or something like that. Like, I think I get emotional thinking about this. There's that I think is an incredible product and that will exist. Somebody will create a Mom, Some people might be a little creeped out with that, uh, Matt, for, for various reasons, including the fact that can you really make AI become empathetic? It's all very well doing factual stuff. But as you say, if, if you created an AI of Matt, well, let's, well, let's, to, let's... Uh, interface with, with you, when you with your kids or your grandkids when you're, you're gone, it's bringing in empathy, which some AI experts, we had Toby Walsh, one of world's leading AI people suggest that that's our secret source. That's I don't our think so. secret let's, let's, well, let's run an experiment really quick. Can you throw back up a Triton? Let's tell Triton that uh, uh, I'm, I'm depressed today. I can't get out of bed. Any advice? Just curious. I have no idea what it'll say. But well, I, asked, uh, uh, I asked Triton if it liked you. <laughs> Uh, and then I said, as an AI knowledge base, I don't have any personal opinions or feelings. However, I can provide you with information about Matt Higgins based on the documents in the Triton knowledge base. So All right, well, that's boring because it, it's it's very it's very diplomatic. But you can't. Or, I don't know if you have it live. Are you you have it live right well, now? Well, I don't have it live. But okay, let's do another one. Is is AI Plan B for humanity? And it. It, it 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 dodges these important questions. It only asks the ones that we don't want the answer to. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It likes to it like it doesn't like to render a critical opinion. That is true. It well, put it be... put yeah. You put 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 a question into. Okay, I'm gonna put in. I'm depressed today. Any advice? Let's see what happens. Any advice? I have no idea what it would say. It's probably it makes say, it very boring. It makes for very boring TV. But <laughs> I'll put it up. Um, I'm sorry to hear that you're feeling depressed today. Here are some suggestions that might help you cope with your feelings. Practice gratitude. Focus on the positive aspects of your life and the things that you're grateful for. This can help shift your mindset. Two, reach out to someone. Talk to a friend, family member, or a mental health professional. Sharing your thoughts and emotions with someone can be a great way. Three, engage in activities you enjoy. Four, exercise. Five, practice mindfulness or meditate. You know, on and on. Six, seek professional help if none of these work, you know. Remember, it's important to take care of yourself and seek help when needed. Helpful or not? That was really... nice. That worked. I feel better already. It was <laughs> so, empathetic. It was fact so. By the way, but I one thousand percent disagree that we will not be able to train AI on empathy, and because those are very clear patterns of human language, it's very easy to do that already. You can go to 
ChatGPT and all these other tools and say, talk to me in the voice of a therapist using clinical language. Talk to me in the voice of a parent who is disappointed, but nonetheless has unconditional love. That, all, that already exists. I think that's actually uh, table stakes. So where are we going to be next year, Matt? When you come back on the show again, what what needs to be done in the next six months? I think twelve months. I think it would. Um, I think we're going to go through a very violent correction and reset in the economy. There'll be a reckoning, and so I, I'm I'm forecasting we'll be coming beginning to come out of that uh, after significant layoffs and uh, regional bank uh, more regional bank collapses uh, and inflation now under control. And I think AI will be the thing that gets us out of it, that unleashes a new wave of businesses and productivity uh, that, that, that get us to the other side of this period of excess post-pandemic, free money.